Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. This episode contains minor spoilers about the plot of Love Theoretically with some references to Love on the Brain and the Love Hypothesis. Hi, how's it going? Great. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited. I have a special guest on today. Do you want to say hello and introduce yourself? I am Ali Hazelwood. Hi. Hi, everyone. (laughs) You are one of our uh, veteran guests. You've been on the longest out of anyone. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is such an honor. Like, I love this. It's amazing. (laughs) Yes, I absolutely love it. So you have answered our typical four questions. So we will do a little different one. What was your last five-star read? The Name Drop by Susan Lee. Um, it's uh, actually not out yet. I think it's coming out in September and it's uh, a young adult romance novel. And it's, uh, if you like K-drama, it's your thing. It's perfect. I love that. I like that a lot. (laughs) Awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started into writing and your journey so far? I started with fan fiction. So originally I was uh, a fanfic writer and then I sort of like went from writing short fan fiction to writing very much longer fan fiction and then and now I write original stuff. I love that. It's been such a journey for you, I feel like. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) Yeah. So how is your latest book, Love Theoretically, different from all of the other Steminist novellas that you've written so far? It has more hedgehogs. 100% more hedgehogs and uh, yeah that that is that is the the main difference that is what we all need to keep into account yeah (laughs) that is yeah that's so fair (laughs) I love that what was it like for you you know writing this entire series how has it been is this kind of the last one in the, the the seminist series and all that kind of stuff so the next book that's coming out is going to be something a little bit different. So okay. it's not, it's definitely not going to be in that series. And we haven't announced it yet. And you know how traditional publishing is like, yeah. uh, I will murder you if you say anything. And you're <laughs> like, okay, fine. So that's going to be something different. But contractually, I have to write at least one more feminist okay. book. So, <laughs> so there will be more. There will okay. be more. I also, there is like a kind of like a side couple in Law Theoretically that I've being kind of thinking of writing their story, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Is it is it the roommate? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was reading it, I was like, oh my gosh, it's Olive. Ah, and I was like <laughs> dying. And I love when those come together because you did it really well. You know, obviously all the novellas kind of connect and everything like that. But when it was like the main series and she was talking about B and I was like, I'm fine, everything's fine. <laughs> I, I know that. it was it was so much fun to like because you know B doesn't appear on page but yeah. like there are little references that like it was so fun to like kind of like put little reference and be like yeah exactly like a Taylor yeah. Swift kind of Easter egg yeah, yeah and I, I loved it I loved it <laughs> I I also loved it I like had a like a visceral reaction I was like oh my <laughs> gosh I was like if you know you know <laughs> yeah I I love that it's uh, it's it's just fun you know to revisit characters that you kind of you know you spend so long with them when you're writing their books and then they're dead to you you know yes 
<laughs> and like by the time it's out, you're like, I have already forgotten about them. So I, I don't, I don't care with you. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And it's fun too, because, you know, these characters are obviously going through their romance story and it's so cool to see like Olive and Adam come back and sort of give that like token advice. Like yes. their relationship was so functional, you know? <laughs> I know, I know. It. Yeah. It was it was really like I knew that so my original plan for the book and for the Adam and Olive cameo was uh, so originally like back when I plotted the book I was going to have Adam and Olive be and Levi and Jack and Elsie meet at the same kind of like science function mm-hmm. and it was going to be like three these three couples and then it kind of didn't work out because I ended up changing the plot of the book in the end. So basically I had to readjust and I was like, how I still want like Olive to be in there a little bit. And it was really cool. Like uh, I really like the cameo because it feels like they kind of are relevant to the plot in a way. Mm -hmm. Like they're not just, you know, hanging out there. They are, you know, Olive and uh, Olive says things that Elsie needs to hear. Right. And and so that was fun. I I liked it. Yeah, I really liked that. I was like, this is is it. (laughs) And you know they're going to be very good friends. And, yeah. Uh, and I yeah, love it. Have to. Yeah. So for this book, Elsie, your main character, where did you pull the inspiration for her? You know, I think, I don't know that I had like a specific inspiration for her, but like it was something that kind of came up when I was was going to be, basically the dynamic in the book is that you have this uh, this person, Elsie, who is someone who masks a lot and she doesn't really let people know who she is really and uh, what she needs from other people. You know, she's someone who kind of, she's a people pleaser. And what I really wanted was to have uh, this story in which you have a people pleaser and someone who sees through her and sees her actual need uh, needs. And this is you know, it's Jack, the the main character, the main love interest. But, um, well, the main love interest, the only love interest. It's yeah. not. This is not a white shoes book. Yeah. I promise. Not yet. <laughs> not that exactly. Not that. Not that I'm against that. But you know. <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, and 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 that was kind of the dynamic that I wanted to write. So that's kind of how the characters, you know, took shape. There was like I needed to have someone. You, know, I, I need to have. A person, you know, the the Jack, the main, the, the love interest. I'm gonna yeah. stop saying the main love interest. The main character. <laughs> yeah, the main male character. So Jack had to be this person who had been a little bit of an outsider growing up. And so he was really good at observing and and seeing what's going on. Well, Elsie was this person who had been like, you know, growing up, she had been striving, like she has been striving to make other people think that she's not too much work that like yeah. she's she's worth the time that people spend with her and so she's like I'm not gonna make people expend any emotional energy on me but like you know this is kind of the this is the type of thing that gets really exhausting and so uh yeah that's I, I just wanted her to find love with someone who who doesn't require her to do that yeah Where, do you have a specific person in mind for your inspiration for Jack no, not really. This one was like, I, I didn't really have, uh, I, I remember really struggling when they asked me for what, when you, when you go in like cover conversations yeah. with your, with your 
editor, they usually ask you for, you know, an actor or a model or a singer or someone famous that mm-hmm. could be an inspiration for for the main characters. And I was I was really struggling. I was like, I don't, I don't even know who to send because it was just like this person that I had mostly in my head. So yeah, that was a struggle. Okay. I like that. <laughs> so I've heard a few reviews thus far where a lot of people said that this book has made them cry. And I will say oh, as a non-book crier, I also cried. Oh, really? Oh, How does that make yeah. you feel? <laughs> uh, well, it makes me cackle evilly. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I think there was a, a scene that like I kind of moved myself when I was mm-hmm. writing it. And I'm not going to say, like, I'm not going to spoil it, but there is something that happens halfway through the book uh, that is, just kind of devastating for Elsie and uh that was that that made me sad writing mm-hmm. it so I, I I wonder if that's that's a thing but like I'm, I'm glad like I'm yeah. I mean I'm, I'm glad that people feel something you know what I'm yeah, saying absolutely yeah I'm feeling a lot of things <laughs> I will say that was what made me cry because at the time like when I yeah. read that scene like I was actually going through the exact same thing and so I was like this one was I like, know. too deep um, I know, I know. I, I, I mean, I made myself cry, but like this is kind of. I think uh, you know, I was also going through my publishing-related struggles at yeah. the time. And okay, just for the listeners, this might be a little bit of a spoiler, so you might want to like it. Go ahead, but. I think what I wanted to depict was the feeling that you have when you really give it your all. You really try everything. You you you've done your best, and it's still not enough. Yeah, and that is devastating and horrible. And you know, like you have to kind of reassess what your goals are afterwards because you have to decide what you want to do. Like, what what do I do at this point? I didn't get the thing that I wanted the most. What do I do? And that was something that I really wanted to capture. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was hurting myself as yeah. I <laughs> as I was she yeah. says while drinking a cup of like your real tears <laughs> <laughs> no I mean but I I feel the same like there are a lot of things that have happened to me you know on, on in both my careers that I mm-hmm. tried my best I wanted it to work out and then it just didn't work out and it didn't go the way I wanted and like you know channeling that was yeah. kind of cathartic for me and I am I hope it will be cathartic for readers and if not I am very sorry guys <laughs> if not just enjoy crying <laughs> Yeah. And I really did love her character and how she was such a people pleaser. I think you did such a great job with her internal monologue and kind of creating this narrative of like who she was. And I felt like she's a really, really strong character in this. So is there like a specific thing you had in mind that you hope people take away from this book? Um, I mean, I, I never, I feel like I kind of, um, I stay away from, having uh, you know messages yeah. in the book not not because just because I I don't know who am I like to tell people like <laughs> yeah I don't know I don't know anything <laughs> and I I can barely live my life and I literally brush my teeth it's it's noon where I live and I brush my teeth like literally 10 minutes before yeah. this podcast so who am I to tell people what they should or shouldn't do but like I guess what I wanted personally in her journey uh, was just like a sense of uh, you can be who you are. Like I wanted her to, to kind of achieve this by the end of the book. And it's not one of those, uh, oh, well, now, you know, it's a switch and everything is going to be great and uh, her life is going to be perfect. But it's it's a start, whereas before she had never even considered, you know, being her real self and being honest with the people around her. So, yeah, yeah, I like that. 
Yeah, this one is this one cuts really deep. I won't lie. <laughs> uh, no, I know. I I get it. Like I'm right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Uh, we can be dysfunctional together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, this one hurts. I think for me, like, I love B's character. I think the best out of all of like all of your characters I love her too. Yeah, I just think that she's one of those ones that like I wish I was her and like I could relate, you know, to her the most, but um I don't. I relate to Elsie the most. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I feel the same. I don't know if you watch uh Bob's Burgers, mm. but uh it's the show and uh, the three children are Tina, Louise, and Jean and I my favorite is Louise. She's this like really sarcastic, sassy, uh yeah. like empowered girl, but like and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I love Louise the most, but I am Tina and Tina yeah. is this like we're like romance obsessed constantly insecure girl who's unable to drive and I'm like yeah I'm Tina I'm Tina I'm so Tina <laughs> I wish I was different but I'm Tina <laughs> I know it's who I am <laughs> yeah you have to embrace it I think I don't know <laughs> I love that. So you have a chronic illness representation in this book, not to like totally spoil it, but I loved how you wrote about that. What made you decide to kind of add that element in there? I, I don't know. I think I, so I, it was very important for me that Elsie really needed health insurance. Like that was like, I, I, I really wanted to like, Okay, so Elsie is an adjunct professor, which is this kind of new, well, not new, it's been going on for a decade or so, but it's it's becoming more and more prevalent in academia. And basically, adjunct professors are these professors who are not properly hired by the university. They are basically contractors and they don't get any benefits. And from the very beginning, I really wanted to show in the book how terrible it is to have such an involved job that requires you so many hours that requires you to work overtime all the time because that's what really being a professor and teaching is and that at the same time doesn't give you any benefits and doesn't allow you to you know take care of your own health and that was something that I I really wanted to to showcase and one of the things that worked that seemed to like it would work for me is for for you know for to show this was for Elsie to have a chronic illness that you know wasn't something that was ever gonna away gonna go away it was something that she had to manage but she needed support to manage this and uh, that's kind of how the idea of type 2 diabetes came and uh, you know it was I don't have type 2 diabetes so I I definitely had to um do a lot of research we had several sensitivity readers that looked into that. So we got a lot of help for that representation. Yeah, I, I just kind of really wanted to show how if you have a chronic illness and you are in a situation in which, like one of one of the things that I wanted to happen was for Elsie's uh, pump to be kind of old and to malfunction at times and she cannot replace it because they are so expensive and health insurance her she, she doesn't have health insurance so she she cannot like have it covered and uh, like I, I really wanted to show how devastating this can be you know yeah I love that I yeah <laughs> this book got really deep I'll just say that <laughs> yeah no I get it I like I've been in the same situation like I've been yeah. I have had like stretches without health insurance and I couldn't get like I I am on you know antidepressants and I couldn't get antidepressants for some months uh, when I yeah. was in between jobs so yeah it's a thing yeah. as I was reading this like I have uh, I have like Hashimoto's and as I was reading this I was like <laughs> I'm like buying my meds like out of pocket and like all of that yeah. so yeah it was it was very like 
Yeah, and it's yeah. it's insane. And even like even now, there are so many more options, like you know, Affordable Care Act. But like, not everyone is eligible, and yeah. there are constantly issues. I remember when I was a grad student, uh, when I was a postdoc, a friend of mine gave birth, mm. and. Uh, it was incredibly expensive for her, even though she had health insurance because our health insurance as graduate students and postdoc was utter crap. Yeah. These things really make a difference in your life. Like you go from being, uh, you, you go to like not being able to afford anything because all your money right. goes into like the, the healthcare, just taking care of your body. So it was, um, it was definitely something I wanted to talk about I love that and and this was like so true to like academia in general too is like she's going through it she thinks she's graduated she's doing really well and then it's like what is the answer uh getting paid nothing having to like continue on like I have so many friends that have gone through that process and you're like you think you really made it you're graduated but at the same time you're getting like a $22,000 year paying job and no benefits yeah yeah. That is so true like there is uh, this weird disconnect between Mm -hmm. uh, what most professors actually make and what their life is like and what you know a lot of people think professors do it's like oh my god a prestigious job you're doing so great and yeah you're like um I make six dollars an hour exactly (laughs) and I work at seven different schools (laughs) yeah and I mean a lot of people who are in academia do it out of passion because you Mm -hmm. know they they really like certain topics but that doesn't really excuse uh, the treatment yeah not paying them you know especially because that they're like the treatment of like the treatment changes drastically older you are the more at least the longer you've been in academia if you have yeah. tenure you make way more money and then you know a lot of the teaching load is of course on, on the younger members right. who make nothing so pay that. more do less yeah exactly so what was the hardest scene for you to write I have to say that scene we talked about earlier just because it, it was like emotionally hard. Like it was, it was really like, I, I had seen, uh, um, again, spoiler-ish in case yeah. you don't want to have anything, but like, it was that scene where like, she finds out mm-hmm. that this horrible thing has happened and she finds out in the worst possible way from like in the worst possible situation from the worst possible person who, by the way, is, you know, a, a character that like, is a really good character generally yeah. but like it, it's not like it's not a character who's trying to hurt Elsie but uh it ends up happening and like she you know Jackie's her love interest but at that time he is still you know the asshole who doesn't want her to get the job to her mm-hmm. he's still the brother the older brother of the guy she's been fake dating whom she she sees as a dick who has been despising her all along. And so she is still in this, like, uh, she's, I wouldn't say he's her enemy at this point, but he's kind of like enemy adjacent. At, yeah. at the very least, uh, he's not someone she wants to be, to be vulnerable with. Mm-hmm. And she, like, the she has this revelation in front of him. And he is the person who comes to her rescue. And, you know, it's such a, like, so many feelings and emotions. Like, on the one hand... Uh, there is like part it's a little bit romantic but like her misery is so deep and like she there is a part in which like she lashes out at him and she is in the wrong 100% but I really wanted to write about like you know sometimes you're mad and you're suffering and you say terrible things to the people who are trying to help you and you know it's wrong but you keep you do it anyway and it's you know I can think of like dozens of times in my life when I have done this to people that I love so writing about it is 
sad you know you're like you you remember all the times that you've been a dick to someone you love even though they were being there for you they were trying to be there for you and they were trying to like support you and so there was a lot of like child of channeling uh, past uh, (laughs) in that scene so it was it was definitely the hardest but also very rewarding in a way yeah like cathartic and stuff yeah I like that so in contrast to that what was your favorite scene to write I mean, I always say the smut because it's true. I am yeah. a huge fan of the smut. I really, I really like the final scene that Cece and uh, Cece is uh, Elsie's roommate. Mm-hmm. Cece and Elsie have this kind of final conversation. Uh, so not not in the epilogue, but before when uh, again, without many spoilers. Uh, it's kind of like Elsie comes out and and says to Cece something that sh- she's been hiding from her for a long time, and it's not a big deal it's not like I don't know I slept with your boyfriend or something like that it's not like it's not groundbreaking but it is groundbreaking for for Elsie it's like a big admission for her and I I just really I liked it it's it was fun to write both of them kind of get teared up about it and like you know having uh kind of like confirming this as uh the big friendship uh, and like as as big and as important a relationship as the one with Jack is yes and yeah I loved writing that one I like that oh that was one of my favorite scenes too I really did I felt like that was another one that was like really cathartic <laughs> yeah I I love writing it and I I just love the idea of like CC throwing cheddar cubes at- yeah <laughs> at her it's like I can't see it happen in my mind I you know what's funny Cece you were asking me if I had like actor or actresses in mind Mm -hmm. and Cece was the only one that like I had someone in mind the whole time I was really picturing Anya Taylor-Joy when I wrote Cece like this uh, very beautiful but also very and I hope people don't take it as an offense weird looking because she has a very striking face and you're like is she stunningly beautiful or is she not and you're like yeah no she is beautiful wait like it's it's, you have to look twice yeah and I I had like this very clear vision of Cece in my head I'm gonna have to reread it and think about her now (laughs) as yeah oh my gosh this is this is your homework yeah (laughs) (laughs) I love it okay so the ultimate question who is your favorite female main character you've written so far Honestly, I I know it's not about love theoretically, but I have another book coming out. Go ahead. <laughs> we, uh, it's uh, called Check and Me, and it's my YA. And Mallory, she's the main character of that book, and she she's just, I just love her so much. She is a mix of uh, like strength and uh, insecurities, and uh, she's chill, but she's fine. Mm-hmm. She I don't know, like she she's a mess but she's really trying to like hold her life together and I I just I really loved her Mallory was I think the reason I like her so much is also that like she came out on page the way I saw her in my head it felt to me and that's not always the case when I write sometimes I write a book and I'm like okay this is not quite what I imagined but I guess it's fine because I'm on deadline (laughs) and I have to turn this in or my editor will murder me so that is uh uh, Mallory was really like uh, my she's my favorite your brain child so, I love that yeah <laughs> so who's your favorite male main character then okay I have to say like it's it's Nolan who is Mallory's okay. I, mean, it's, it's, I think <laughs> I'm so sorry I think it's it's okay. I'm just obsessed with that book yeah 
literally like it's it's my child you mm-hmm. know it's it's my baby and okay. uh, <laughs> yeah Nolan is also like again this mix of vulnerabilities and uh, dickishness yeah. and uh, just like love <laughs> for Mallory and you know genius kind of like, he's kind of like an, an unstable genius in yeah a way. <laughs> We love that. <laughs> and we, yeah, we, we really love that. So I'm so sorry for... That's okay. <laughs> I'm fine. Even... It's fine. So speaking of, what made you decide to write a YA novel? Um, I, I didn't like set out to write a YA. It was more the case that I had this story in my head and because of the way the world of compassion, uh, of, of competitive chess works, especially mm-hmm. international chess, they had to be young like it had to be they had to be around that age because that's like chess is very much a young person's game uh you kind of you kind of expect the best chess players to be older and seasoned and experienced but the truth is that most of big chess players are in their 20s to 30s so for someone to have uh, uh, a big breakout in the chess community she Malloy couldn't really be older than 18 Mm -hmm. and so yeah that was uh that that was the reasoning really just just what fit the story yeah, awesome. So what's next for you after this one? You have one more Steminist. So after I loved your article, mm-hmm. uh, and, sh- and then there's Check and Mate in November. And then my next book should be out in the spring. And it's okay. not going to be a Steminist novel, but it's going to be something a little bit different. It's not set in the same universe as, okay. uh, you know, Adam and Olive or, you know, any other of the other books for sure. So it's going to be something new that I've been wanting to write for a while. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it, but you know how publishing times Yeah, are. yeah. Can't do that until like <laughs> next year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> totally it. Um, okay. So do you have a book tour scheduled for the release of Love Theoretically? I do. I do. I'm so excited. It's my first uh, US book tour and uh, we are going, uh, we're starting in New York and then we're going to Boston, DC, Chicago, St. Louis, Austin, and, uh, and Houston for now. And I'm so excited about it. There are so many authors that I'm so in love with that yeah. are happy to do this with me. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. So I'm really yeah. excited to talk about it. Oh, I'm so excited too. You have to come to the West Coast at some point. <laughs> You're going to the Stimulate Con, right? I'm not. Well, I'm, I'm going to be like adjacent. Like I'm going to go that weekend, but I'm not actually attending. Okay, I'm going to go there. So that's... and. Uh, Okay. Me and my friend Julie Soto are actually going to go do an event at the Ripped Bodies Perfect. around it. And it's going to be amazing because we love that story. Like, yeah. That's actually the best story ever. So uh, I'm really yeah. excited about it. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. I am constantly self-inviting myself. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Whenever you want to come on, you just let me know. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Okay, have fun. Bye. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you aren't following us, go ahead and follow us on TikTok and Instagram at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And thank you guys again for all of your support. Have a great day.